0: beautiful humans. Welcome to Become Unlimited with Jonathan Perez. I am so grateful that you are here and am very excited for you to listen to the conversation that is in store for you in this episode. I want to remind you if you are a consistent listener of the podcast or if you are new to the podcast, welcome. I want to remind you of the purpose of the podcast and that really all stems down to empowering you with the information, empowering you with the wisdom that allows you to remove limitation in your life. And that includes exploring topics such as ancient wisdom, spirituality, emotional intelligence, speaking about what it really means to be mentally healthy, and also implementing peak performance strategies for us to really take action on the things that we want to create in our lives and to feel at our best. So, thank you for tuning in. In this episode, we have the privilege of receiving the wisdom of Dr. Nikki Ciso. So I'll do a quick intro here, and she'll also be sharing her own version of the intro. And for you to have the context, I love asking people the same question, to introduce themselves and what they do in every episode. So you'll get to hear that. But a bit of a formal intro here. Dr. Nikki Nikki Ciso was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 29 years of age, and as a result, she studied and earned a Ph.D. in holistic health and nutrition. In working with that condition, she now guides people to achieve blood sugar control and overall well-being through nutrition and holistic life coaching. She guides her clients to their highest potential using a holistic approach of nutrition, mindset, and purpose-driven life coaching. Nikki is an awesome soul. I had the privilege of meeting her here in Austin when I had first moved here, and she was so welcoming to me here uh, in the city when I was new. And just listening to her story, I was really inspired to bring her on for her to share how she's worked with this condition that can be very serious for a lot of people. And it takes a lot of different dimensions of work to really And integrate, for lack of a better word, integrate this condition into one's life. So Dr. Nikki will share with us her journey with integrating this condition into her life, how she's managed it, what led the condition to actually manifest for her based on the situations and the circumstances that she's overcome and encountered in her life. And then she also lays down some fundamental things for us to know in terms of how to manage some type of similar condition or disease in our life and the mindset and the will that it really takes to navigate something like this so you will receive lots of wisdom from someone who has learned to manage and work with not only this in their own life but also how to work with and support others in working with similar conditions in their life through coaching and the clients that she works with so without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. I trust that you're going to receive a lot of wisdom from Dr. Nikki. I do want to also let you know that in terms of the audio recording, you will hear some breathing from me <laughs> because my mouth was very close to the microphone while Nikki, Dr. Nikki was talking. So, Bear with that and just recognize and maybe you can practice breathing with me while you're listening to that. So I trust that that won't get in the way of you receiving the wisdom that is available. And I'm happy that I decided to release it even with that happening in the recording. Anyhow, let's go ahead and dive right in and welcome Dr. Nikki to the show. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. So good to have you on the show. And last name is CISO. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Dr. Nikki CISO. I just like looking at your name, by the way. Like uh. Even on paper, it looks cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Such a treat.
0: Yeah. So at the high level, I would have done a, a little bit of an intro based on the bio, etc. But at the high level, I want you to introduce in your own words now, what you do in the world and how you serve.
1: Thank you. I, I do quite a few things, uh, but what is now becoming really clear is that I support people in stepping into their highest potential. And what that often looks like is uh, starting with the foundational nutrition and um, what does your body need so that you can, it will give you the energy and the fuel and the brain power so that you can pursue your purpose. And so we have to get clear on the purpose, obviously. We start there. And then that, it's like they fuel each other almost. So when you, when you get really clear on your purpose, then you want to start taking an, an action and, and doing the behaviors that support that mission. And you showing up in your biggest, brightest, boldest self... And so that often also, I mean, we start with the nutrition, but that also looks like childhood work, you know, mm. uh, childhood trauma. And what's what are the triggers that hold you back or then tell you you can't? Um, so it's a body game and then a mindset game and then a spiritual connection as well. Like how can you use your entire team of angels that you have supporting you? I'd like to say, and mm-hmm. you can call it God, you can call it universal energy, whatever you connect to, how can you use spirit in support and support you in being in flow with creating your, your, your purpose and making it all happen? Cause you don't have to do it alone. And so it's this kind of holistic approach to really stepping into your highest potential and serving and, and really accomplishing what you came here to do. Mm.
0: This is why I love asking this question because mm-hmm. I just love receiving that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can read the little bio at the beginning, but it doesn't do its service. Right. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And obviously it sounds like what you do now to get to that place to be able to serve others, you've gone through your own journey, obviously, which I've been fascinated by. And I literally, when you sat down, I was telling you, I, was, I had just listened to your own podcast episode, hearing a little bit more about your your journey and getting to know you. So the main reason I wanted to have you here is because you currently work with, and we can use whatever language I like to use, like working with and dancing with it, yeah. with a chronic disease that you've really integrated in a beautiful way. And I'm very inspired and I admire it so much because I see so many people will have some sort of, whether it's a disease or something that's chronic and consistent, and they're victimized by it. They feel like they can't overcome it and they end up living a life of suffering, if you will. And obviously yeah. you've chosen not to go that route. And I would love if you can share, first of all, what, what got you to that point and then the journey, and um, you can break this down however you wanna chunk it, yeah. but the journey of coming to a place of empowerment And really integrating it as part of your daily life and being a creator with it.
1: Yes. You're referencing my latest podcast. It was uh, Diabetes is My Teacher.
0: Yes, correct.
1: And when I first got diagnosed with diabetes, uh, that is not what I thought it was. (laughs) I thought it was a curse. I was mad. (laughs) uh, Diabetes is a loss of free will on a level that you can't fathom unless maybe you've gone to prison. Um, But uh, it's, of course, based in nutrition and what you put in your mouth. really has a big impact on your blood sugars, obviously. Uh, But the harder, more challenging part about diabetes is the loss of that free will to eat what you want. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you're at a party and you're looking at all this food and you're not supposed to eat it, which means... You want it more. (laughs) Yes, I've been there. (laughs) So I I compare it to like locking a kid in a candy store and saying, you can't have any, but you have to stay here. Hmm. Good luck. Every day. Every day you wake up in a candy store that you can't have any of the candy. And it's a mental torment in a way that, um, I mean, I'm a free spirit. And I've always done what I wanted, and I've been a pleasure seeker, and I like the sweetness in life. So, like this was a mm-hmm. l- big mm-hmm. sentence for me, and I went through a roller coaster ride with it um, because there are days that I did everything right. I ate well. I mean, I, my snacks are kale chips and red peppers. Like I, I couldn't be healthier, you know, quote unquote. Right, and then. Um, and I'd exercise like crazy every day and yet my blood sugars would still go through the roof and then I'm like, well, then F it, give me the cookie. Right. Right, and then it leads to destructive behavior because now no matter what I do is not good enough, well, guess what? That's a reminder of my childhood, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a lesson I learned uh, to, to sit down and, and journal for a moment what diabetes makes me feel how does it make me feel and the word i came up with was defeated Mm -hmm. because it felt like no matter what i did it wasn't good enough well that's exactly what i felt in my childhood no matter what i did it wasn't good enough for my very strong powered israeli mother who you know wanted things done her way only and if it weren't done she had an opinion about it and she with great intentions wanted me to improve And and saw that I was able to get straight A's despite getting B pluses, but Hmm. you know, in my wisdom, in my opinion, I did what it took to get to pass, and I didn't need to excel. That's like it. It didn't. um, It was. It wasn't efficient to me. To to spend another 80% of my time to get 5% more in marks, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But my mother's comments of like, and, and consistent comments about like how I could always do better, um, actually knocked me down. It did the mm. worst. It did the opposite. It created a really harsh inner critic, and which later in life led to alcohol use to numb out that inner critic. It led to a lot of destructive behaviors um, that contributed to the diabetes. Like, and, and so I, I would invite your guests to, to consider that if their body is breaking down in any way and it doesn't have to be a diagnosis, it can be just that you're tired or you're overweight. Right. right? It can be your body is talking to you and it's telling you that something you're doing is not working for it. And it could be as simple as your sleep patterns. But often it's your nutrition. Uh, so either your body's not getting the right amount of nutrients, you're not getting nutrient-dense foods like fruits, organic, raw, ripe, fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet. Mm-hmm. Leafy greens being the most nutrient-dense and dulce and kelp the highest. So giant bowls, trough-sized bowls of salad should be in your diet daily. I love to start my day with fruit. Uh, and, and you would think, oh, diabetic, you stay away from fruits. But in, in actuality, a fruit is way less glycemic mm. than a muffin. <laughs> way less. I mean, you, you want to watch my blood sugars skyrocket? Give me a muffin. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything wheat-based is super high glycemic. and uh, But a bowl full of berries... Now. And um, you know, uh, an apple with fiber and water in it that slows the absorption of sugars will um slow, you know, there's a slow progress in, in the way the sugars are digested in your body. Very different than a high glycemic muffin or a rice cake or anything processed, really. And so um diabetes actually led me down this path of uh, getting a PhD in holistic health and nutrition. Mm-hmm. And once I realized that I was actually on a really high-fat diet, which is completely opposite of what you think. Uh, mm. Like, I thought, well, if I can't have sugar, I should have fat, right. and I'll be fine. Yep. But what, um, what I learned and then tested out for myself was that a high-fat diet actually causes insulin resistance, and here's why. There are two theories. I believe in the first one. It makes more sense to me. Um, The fat is a more efficient fuel, nine times more efficient than sugar. So for one molecule of fat, you get nine times more fuel juice, Mm -hmm. right, than you would out of one molecule of sugar. And so the cells will soak that in. They will absorb all the fat. It's a great fuel source. And then they'll shut the door to the sugars because... Um, they've got all the fuel they need. It's like a full gas tank. Yep. And so then the sugars stay in your bloodstream. And then it needs extra insulin. You like force extra insulin in there to force the sugars into the cells. Hmm. The other theory is the, the fat coats the, the blood, the sugar, um, excuse me. The other theory is the fat coats the cells and blocks the insulin receptors.
0: Hmm.
1: Also possible, but for some reason the first theory Resonates with me more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can choose. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but you you notice the numbers.
1: Oh, yeah. So if I have a high-fat dinner, the next morning I need double the amount of insulin Mm -hmm. for my usual smoothie. My smoothies are mostly berries because they're the lowest glycemic, highest antioxidants, water-based, sometimes half a banana, and a big pile of leafy greens. So now I'm starting my day off with a blast of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, and, and to the, to the point of the insulin and the sugars and the fat, um, if I, when I lowered, so I followed this diet that I learned in my PhD and I lowered the fat content down to 10%, I was able to eat a banana using one unit of insulin where prior it would have taken me three to four. Wow. And I dropped my insulin needs by 30% within the first like week or two. I mean, it was a massive de- reduction very quickly. So um, that was one lesson I learned that a lot of mm-hmm. people can apply. Mm-hmm. Um, these keto diets, potentially great for short term uh, and, and especially effective if you are adamant about intermittent fasting and you take that break to give your body time to digest all that fat and burn through it, otherwise it starts accumulating. Yes. Right, Um, But long term, if you, uh, I like to use this example, if you looked at two bowls, one is full of the highest quality fat you can get, like (laughs) Dave Asprey's C8, whatever you, you like.
0: (laughs) High octane, -octane, brain octane.
1: Top uh, top of the line (laughs) fat quality, right? Let's go there. Put a bowl uh, in front of you, and the other bowl is full of colorful, organic, ripe, fresh fruits and berries. Mm. right which one looks more appealing and sustaining mm. the thing there is we don't just eat for fuel we're eating also for tens of thousands of phytonutrients that exist in fruits and vegetables all of those help support with your cells functions with your brain function with optimal health and so we have to get out of this like fat protein carb like world, and start to recognize that there's way more we get from mm. from foods, yep. and so long story short is is all of this came because I got diabetes
0: <laughs> right, all the learning, all the lessons I Love mean,
1: it. what a blessing, and then on the mindset side, uh, so I take insulin about eight times a day, I'm injecting myself. Mm-hmm. And even more than that, probably 10 to 15 times, uh, I'm checking my blood and I'm getting a measurement on the meter that tells me how well I'm doing emotionally, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's giving me a reading on my blood sugars, but the truth is, did I just eat emotionally? <laughs> Am I stressed out? am i not sleeping well am i not exercising enough <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like it's it's literally a reading on how well i've had willpower and self discipline and like if i had three bites too many when my stomach said i'm full and it was you know sweet potatoes or something like on the higher carb lo- load and i didn't have the discipline to stop hmm. Now I've got a measurement in my face saying, Well, look at that, Mm -hmm. yet again. (laughs) It's almost like attaching my Israeli mother to my hip. (laughs) That's what diabetes feels like sometimes. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. (laughs) Right.
0: You always have the reading telling you.
1: You have the reading telling you all day long how well I'm doing Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not doing. You know, it's, I mean, and so it becomes this game of like, Woo, okay, is this an opportunity to self bash? Or how can I turn this into an opportunity to self-love? Because mm. clearly that's what I'm actually needing. And there's there's a really valuable lesson there. Is like when we when we think about raising our children or or uh, coaching our clients or finding out how they learn best. And there are some people that learn great when you knock them down. They come back and they're like, "I'm going to prove you wrong." Like that's how my mother is, right? You knock her down, she's gonna. That's like ammunition for her. She's like, "Let's Mm -hmm. go." Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm the opposite. You knock me down, I just my whole energy body just shrivels, Mm -hmm. right? But if you praise me, I will shine way brighter. And um, and and yet we don't take notice of this when we're dealing with ourselves more often than not, we self-bash ourselves as our way of potential, like we think somehow that's going to support us in being better.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Most often it's going to lead to worse behavior because now you got to numb out the inner critic again, right? So how, how could I, I had to learn how to look at this meter reading and put a hand on my heart and be like, ooh, what does this mean I actually need right now? Do I need a walk in nature? Do I need... Um, Just some self love and some kindness and some gentleness, and so and diabetes really taught me that. Like, okay, I'm going to use this as my opportunity to love on myself more instead of be mean on be meaner. Mm. So, Mm. a lot of lessons. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I love how you're you're splitting this up into what you've learned. And how to take care of your body, but also how to learn to listen to the wisdom of your body that's innate and speaking to you. And for me, the visualization I had was, look, if you can't, if I can't signal to you what I need through the feeling, I'm going to have to put it in a little tube for you or a little meter, if you will. Yeah. And it ends up manifesting in some form until yeah. you pay attention.
1: Right. Oprah says, uh, at first, the universe will send you a uh, throw a little pebble at you, Right. <laughs> This little pebble will hit your head, and if you're like think <laughs> and it doesn't make an impact, it will send a brick. <laughs> and if you don't listen to the brick, it sends a bus. Like mm. it's gonna hit you at some point. Eventually. Your body eventually will break down. We can't keep doing this destructive yeah. behavior. We treat our bodies terribly. Yes. Not only from the food and the processed junk food was just devoid of nutrients and loaded with toxicity. We haven't even gone to the toxicity part. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, like most often women, especially uh, men, sometimes uh, I can't speak for men, but women will look in the mirror and they'll point out the negative things about their body. I do this. I go right to the dimple on my ass. Doesn't matter how great the rest of my body is, my vision goes to the dimple. And I like it's almost like sending a dagger of negative energy, hateful energy at my mm-hmm. body every single day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And that has an effect. We are energetic beings. And so we are just, let alone the alcohol and like all the partying, right? Like, just on a, an emotional perspective, we beat our bodies up daily. And my God, for them to last 90 years is mind blowing <laughs> to me. Like, how I'm still alive right. fascinates me.
0: They're still lasting 90 years, is what I hear you saying. Imagine how long they could last. Ah. Yeah. So I'm curious you know for people listening maybe they they might be in a position where they're they're developing some form of, you know, whether it's illness or they're starting to deal with some chronic disease and maybe they're in a place where, you know, oh well, you know, Dr. Nikki overcame it because I don't know, she's special, she has the discipline, she has the willpower, all the stories, right? And what would you tell someone who's in that position? Maybe they feel disempowered or defeated. What lessons have you learned or wisdom would you share with them when they're in that position?
1: Hmm. so first of all I, <laughs> uh, if it, <laughs> i had i'm laughing because I, I had my charts, my astrology charts read, mm-hmm. and top of the like there was a long list, and but the top of the line for me to work on was impulsivity. Mm. Like, I have a craving. I want to solve it. Like, I satisfy my cravings. And so, willpower was the last of my friends. Like, that was not, it, it, right? So, if anyone, if I could do it, anyone can do it, first of all. And there are days that I still don't have willpower, right? And I, I succumb to the cookie because... Damn it! I want a cookie. <laughs> You're not perfect. <laughs> <Weird>. You're human. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what uh, a mantra I, I experienced um, came to me after I sat with some shamans in Colombia. And by the way, plant medicine is a has been a very potent um, part of my journey to healing the deep wounds that uh, were passed down to me from uh, my mother, being the eighth eighth child that came out of a Holocaust survivor. Mm. So a a lot of pain and suffering and shame and guilt and fear and all of that really got passed down and and stored in my body. And it, it, it played a role in, in my body breaking down as well. And so I, I sat with some shamans and afterwards I was walking the hills in Colombia, and I was listening to the birds and seeing the trees and looking over this lake and it hit me, this moment is my medicine. This moment is my medicine. And I started repeating it. And the more I repeated it, the more I heard these vibrant birds and the wind came. And then some guy in the background goes, Amor, and like called out, like, Amor, it was this beautiful. And I was so present in that moment to all the beauty I was witnessing. And then what I realized throughout the day is I could take that mantra with me to every experience, even the not so pleasant ones, mm. and, and repeat that this moment is my medicine. And in that, I was able to, my brain actively was seeking, like, oh, how is this in service? How is this guy yelling at me <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for no reason, or like, right? Mm-hmm. Or, how is that actually in service to my soul's evolution? And I realized everything that we experience is an opportunity to either practice patience or more compassion. Or speaking my truth, or you know whatever it is. It, it if you see life as a blessing, and you keep that perspective in mind, you can find the value at every turning point, and at, at any even when you get diagnosed with diabetes mm-hmm. or something of that nature, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. really heavy that you're like, what the why <laughs> right. why me right um that changed everything for me
0: yeah yeah so choosing to see it as something that can give you something to learn from yeah versus be victimized by it yeah
1: it's all happening for you not to you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as soon as, as soon as i made that shift my sugars got better. I had better blood blood control. Good. Ooh, huh? <laughs> I had better blood sugar control. Yeah. I uh, didn't. I wasn't as impulsive with my foods. I wasn't turning to unhealthy foods. Mm-hmm. I didn't need those like hits of dopamine. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, disappeared. Mm-hmm. It, when I did the work uh, to uncover the deep rooted subconscious beliefs that were actually holding me back which yes. is why I love what you're doing, because you work on this level as well. Thank you. Um, that is when everything shifted for me. Right. It, it's fascinating. Literally, the food cravings went away.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: uh, and mm-hmm. And I have been gripped by, like, I am someone that gets out of bed so I can eat. Like, first thought in the morning is, what can I eat? Yeah. And then it's like a parrot for the rest of the day. What can I eat? What can I eat? <laughs> what can I eat? <laughs> like, as soon as I'm bored or I'm doing a task that's too hard, what can I eat? Mm-hmm. That's my go-to. Because
0: mm-hmm. it would take away the feeling. Yeah. Right? It would want to yeah. change how you feel.
1: Yeah. It gives me the dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, I'm fine. All right. I can get back yeah. to us. It's
0: a fascinating thing. I just want to make a note on that because the food part, and I, just from my personal experience, because I also, last few months I've been working on the food aspect too, you know, and not, not necessarily that I deal with like a chronic disease, but I noticed at some level I was also addicted to eating Mm. because it's like when I was bored or, you know, there's nothing else you fill in the space and there's this belief that, Oh, well it's healthy food, you know, there's, or or it's better. So it's okay. But to your point, it's how do you look deeper beyond that superficial thing that is just convincing you to do the behavior anyway. And there is a validity in what you're saying. Like, yes, it's better than, you know, going in, drinking alcohol every single day or whatever it is but the substance is still patching the same thing if you will it doesn't matter if yeah. it's uh, an illegal substance or food or you know partying whatever it is that we're still in some way shape or form wanting to use something to make a certain feeling go away that we don't want to feel
1: right yeah instead of sitting with a feeling be like "What? Wh- which part of this do I not like and how can I actually make it enjoyable? Yeah. There's a the difference between hunger for physical hunger yes. and mental hunger. That, that. You know, right? So I'm talking about the mental hunger, obviously. Yes.
0: yes. That, yeah. that which is more so on the spectrum of addiction, right? Because yeah. it's almost uh. un- uncontrollable, if you will. It's definitely uncontrollable. <laughs> yes. I, was, I
1: felt very out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I hear
0: you on that. Yeah. And before I ask your next question, I want to mm. make a disclaimer on the, the plant medicine side where mm. if you are listening and you choose to go that route to do your research yes do your reading make sure that you are very connected and in tune with the information that's going to support you in having a powerful experience oftentimes i see a lot of people go in uninformed it's it can be a great ally right if we really prepare for the experience i just wanted to to say that part because i know a lot of people are considering using those allies and there's nothing wrong with them but i think being well informed before going on that route is a big part.
1: Yeah, and and uh, choosing the the facilitator very wisely. Yes, um, it's gotten kind of commercialized now, and um, so the quality has gone down. the The process of production has has shifted from a month's worth of ritual to you know grow it and get it out. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, and that's not necessary. It's, it's, it's a powerful way to get into your subconscious. But so is breathwork. 100%. Holotropic breathwork has gotten me just as deep as ayahuasca has. Yeah. Just as deep as psilocybin has. Um, I, I've had unbelievable experiences with holotropic breathwork that, I mean, literally uh, decades of, mm-hmm. of trauma mm-hmm. released from my body.
0: Yeah, yeah. To your point, it opens up that subconscious where yeah, all of the childhood memory, then even to your point, ancestrally passed down yeah stuff resides right genetically yeah. passed down yeah
1: yeah. If I can plug in um, breathworkonline.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. You can do it at, at home. Mm-hmm. I advise going first into a class and having a group setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you kind of get the system down to do it at home where you, nobody's going to judge how weird mm-hmm. the sounds you make. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you can really get into that's like... That's full
0: permission to get weird. Full
1: permission to yes. be like, Whatever you got to... <laughs> yes, let it out. You got it. C- sound actually supports, it creates the vibration in the body to then uh, release yeah. whatever the energy that's stuck and and that stuck energy is usually tied to some experience that you've had in often childhood or at some point uh, that wasn't resolved, mm-hmm. and so it gets locked in your body. From what I understand, this is the theory that makes sense to me. Right. Um, but uh, and and then the the holotropic a, th- a three part breath work releases dmt your brain actually can produce dmt which is one of the ingredients in ayahuasca and it it, um, will allow for this like opening of your subconscious Mm -hmm. and i like to go into it you can you can it's very helpful to have an intention of like what you want to learn or you can simply go in and be like show me what i need to see show me what i need to see i just keep repeating that show me what i need to see Mm -hmm. And your brain knows what you need to work on. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you not, will be shown. Yeah, you will be shown. And, and yeah. that creates the opening, whereas um, the focus yeah. on, like, the breath can be a little intense. And
0: so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I love what you said about choosing the facilitator wisely because I think that in my experience with uh, all types of different, mm-hmm. you know, Modalities to open up the subconscious, you sometimes have no clue what's going to arise Mm -hmm. and having someone with you that you can trust to support you in that is very, can actually induce the great healing that can happen, right? Someone that you really trust and that you feel comfortable around is huge. Very important. You know, if you open up the subconscious, all kinds of things come up and then you are still more afraid because of what they're going to think of you, probably not very helpful. Not good, (laughs) not good. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I've loved exploration. I think you mentioned a lot of very uh, cool tactical things that people can think about some some shifts in terms of how to think about how it might be controlling you in a sense of being victimized to whatever's happening in someone's life. And you've, you've shifted that belief into, wow, this is literally my medicine, right? Every single moment, everything that's happening around me is my medicine, it's my teacher. And so it sounds like there's those two realms that you can explore and, and you can feel free to add anything. I'm just summarizing a bit of what I hear you saying is that there's the the things you can do physically, right? So you choose new foods, you exercise more, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's this other side where there's, there's deeper emotional and spiritual work to to be done to really overcome a lot of the things that end up manifesting the dis-ease if you will, in the body. Yeah. And yeah, I'm wondering if you have anything to add in terms of how you would consolidate or, or speak to where someone can start, you know, might they start with kind of like the dietary stuff or the emotional stuff or or how would you suggest someone begin whether or not it's dealing with diabetes, just in general, if they're wanting to overcome something that they're facing, where would you suggest they start knowing that there's so many places
1: to nibble? Mm. Oh, good one. Um, I would, I like to start with a diet mostly because if you, if you start with giving your body the nutrients it needs, Mm -hmm. it will start functioning optimally and you'll then have the brain power, uh, to, to think through these things that need addressing, dressing. Mm. So I, I think cleaning up the diet is really a, an important first step. So I, I like I said, uh, I start with a smoothie in the morning. I start actually with celery juice, then my tea, then a smoothie, right? So I have, I have my kind of my ritual in the morning and I always uh, my, I sit with my tea and I have my meditations and I focus on what uh, my intention is for the day and what I can be grateful for. And just that alone time before I've turned on my phone mm-hmm. and before I let the whole world in because that's what you're doing when you turn their phone on. You're letting the whole world have access to you. Yes. Like that time in the morning is so sacred. I honor it. Be grateful for it. Like that that it is a time to cherish. Do not give that away. And I will tell you, when you do that, when I start my days with that intention, and my clients will say the exact same. Actually, my client said that same thing this morning to me. He was like, that has been the biggest shift for me, is starting my day with intention, with gratitude, and a deep focus on like, my, it's almost like my insides, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. just really tune into your body. Joe Dispenza talks about this all the time. Like to, to tune into your body. What are the sensations in your body? And then if there is one that's tingling, you will be like, Ooh, do you have a message for me? And like just really, like, and just give yourself, even if it's three minutes, it doesn't have to be this half hour session. Yeah. But it, it's starting your day, day with intentionality to connect to what's important to you and how you want to show up for the day does wonders. Um, so I'd start there. Then I'd incorporate um, definitely more at least berries into your diet. Um, they're really important. Um, and then get large trough-sized bowls mm-hmm. of salad. I mean, giant bowl. You have to eat a lot when you're eating leaves, right? Right. You're not going to get full of four, <laughs> right? So it's got to be a big bowl with avocado, half an avocado, some walnuts. You can put some like healthy fats in there. But um, the more color and the more crunch, so raw, ripe, fresh, the more vitamins and vitality you will get out of your food. You should not be sleepy after a meal. Yes. That means you're eat- you've eaten something that takes more energy to digest than energy that it gives. Mm. It's a problem.
0: And chew your food, Chew, please.
1: <laughs> chew your food is the key. Huge. Actually, you'll eat half the amount. Uh, I, I went to a retreat in Puerto Rico, and they had us listen to a, a bell. It was a song they played, and every 30 seconds, the bell would go off. So we'd have to take a bite of sp- uh, food. And we're eating soup, by the way. I was on the cleanse. So it was a bite of soup, and we had to chew on this soup until the bell rang. Then we could swallow. And I will tell you, the first day, every single one of us had two portions of soup. We all went back up for seconds. On the day two, we did this bell thing. All of us were full at the end of the one first bowl. Wow, fascinating. Mass- we were all stunned. We're like, whoa. Yeah. What, yeah, what just yeah. happened? <laughs> I <Yeah>. chewed <laughs> soup. And the wild thing is, if you chew that long, there's nothing to swallow. It dissolves. <laughs> it
0: dissolves, right? Yeah, I heard. I think it was Ben Greenfield who said. Drink your solids and chew your liquids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which yeah. makes a lot of sense. It and works. So you got
0: full much more quickly, yeah. obviously, like yeah. satiated.
1: Totally satiated. Wow. Because apparently the stomach takes like 20 minutes before it like, tells the brain it's full. Mm-hmm. And in that 20 minutes, you got a lot of bites mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're just shoveling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the other trick there is to put your fork down in between each bite. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're, uh, otherwise you're focused on creating the next perfect bite and not what's in your mouth. Yeah. You're, you're, you're missing out on all the pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a matter of mindful eating, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then you're mentioning, uh, starting with, with the food, right? So yeah. the food by improving what you're putting into your body you are providing the brain power that eventually where where i think you're going with this and correct me if i'm wrong that you now have the brain power to take a look at you know what what kinds of thoughts are you having and whether or not they're aligned with you so eating better and yeah um
1: sleep is another one that's incredibly important um get your sleep hygiene down i did a podcast on this sleep like a rock check it out on legends podcast (laughs) it's brilliant um uh, my buddy Kyle did it, and he talks all about sleep. Sleep hygiene actually starts first thing in the morning, so he suggests wake when you wake up, you actually get yourself out in the light. Um, ideally even looking at the sunrise and watch, you can get energy there. Um, but to hold off on the coffee until you've really woken your system up naturally to get some movement in, this actually starts the production of melatonin later on in the day so that you have a deeper sleep. And then of course, as we all have heard, like turn your cell phones off, your computers off. Don't be looking at blue light right before you go into bed, at least an hour, if not two to three hours, turn your cell phones off. Yeah. Again, it's a delightful thing <laughs> when no one can have access to you.
0: Airplane like, mode.
1: Oh, yeah. And keep it out of your bedroom, like, really important. And why this is important, because if you wake up tired, you're going to turn to unhealthy behaviors. Guaranteed, you're going to need, like, a coffee or a donut or something, and your willpower goes way down. Hmm. If your brain has is, is not gotten to detox overnight, which is what it does, it literally squeezes the toxicity out of your brain overnight. Dr. Rudy Tanzi was also on my podcast and talked about that. Um, so if you don't give your brain that permission to, to, uh, and to rejuvenate itself, you will, you will not have the willpower to stay away from unhealthy things. Mm. Makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. So sleep, uh, nutrition, those are two really easy hacks you can do to start yep. today. Yep um and then start looking at your triggers what pisses you off <laughs> like if someone cuts you off in your lane quote unquote first of all buddhism will talk about possession being like the ultimate um like cause of most human suffering like this concept of mine it's my lane my lane <laughs> you know like <laughs> really um yeah uh so that that's a that's one to look at your triggers and, and Mm -hmm. triggers are often based in relationships. So who's in your life that's serving you or not serving you. And sometimes if people trigger you, they're actually in service Mm -hmm. because they're helping you see something in within you that's unresolved. Um, but sometimes they're really toxic people that should not be in your life anymore. (laughs) Right. I mean, if they don't want to change, they don't want to improve themselves. Then it's your responsibility to uh, make your environment a healthy one. Yes. Um, and all on it. that note, uh, toxicity, we are bombarded by toxins all day, everywhere, um, not just from the EMFs, but like, you know, the air quality, the water, your water needs to be uh, filtered and uh, a healthy source that's not full of toxicity. When I lived in Aspen, they raved about Aspen water being the finest, and um, the EWG has a uh, part on their website. If you just Google EWG water quality, you'll come up with that part of their site where you can enter in your zip code and it will tell you the contaminants in your tap water mm. for that region. And uh, ca- uh, Aspen had four cancer-causing chemicals in their water. Mm. I Googled Austin's, all right, put it in the EWG site, uh, 24. Mm-hmm. And some some contaminants were like 297 times the required or legal limit.
0: Hmm. I mean,
1: toxic chemicals are coming through our water supplies. They're in our air. So really important to clean your water and then um, buy products that you're cleaning your house, your clothes, your hair, your teeth. Anything you're cleaning with needs to be green and, and clean. Because, and anything that's going on your skin, ladies, especially your beauty products or your body lotions, uh, the average woman lathers herself in like 170 chemicals a day. <laughs> anything you're putting on your skin is going in. So, if you can't eat it, it should not go on your skin. Ah, that's a good rule. Yeah. So, coconut yeah. oil, for example, you can eat. It's mm-hmm. delightful, mm-hmm. super moisturizing. Yeah, so. it is. <laughs> yeah. And can be used for many things. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's for another podcast Side note note. (laughs) Um, Yeah so that's toxicity And then um, What else And then really stepping into why you're here Hmm. What's your purpose Mm -hmm. It's Mm. not to go 9 to 5 at a job you hate Right I guarantee you That's not why you're here (laughs) If you're not enjoying 80% of your day That's a problem like this is this we, and I know people have bills and kids, and uh, you know the it's so it it doesn't seem doable, but it is, and you can actually wake up every day and choose how you want to spend that day. In fact, I'm mind blown at how many people don't we you know we can go into the whole school thing system right. numbing out our 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 creativity, um, but we are purpose driven impactful humans that are creative and magnificent when we're unleashed. I mean, that's what Burning Man will show you. Go to Burning Man and see what happens when you allow anything Mm. to happen with human creativity. Mind-blowing. You can't fathom. And so um, really look at how you're stopping yourself. So as soon as I said, you can do whatever you want with your day, what were your next thoughts? Mm. I can't. I can't do that. I can't just move to Bali just because I kind of want to. Yeah, you can, <laughs> right? Yep. So what are your thoughts that follow up? Why can't you make that list and then really challenge it? Yep, yep, challenge yeah, like, the beliefs. Challenge the beliefs, challenge the stories. Mm-hmm. What are the stories yeah. you're telling yourself that are really not serving you? That are, You can pick a different story. Um, I had one about being single for the last nine years and now like, you know, I had a, I had a whole list of reasons why. <laughs> and um, this guy, I was telling it to, he goes, I don't like that story. You want to pick a different one? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he goes, how about Nikki always gets what she wants? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. I like that one way more. <laughs> And so, like now, I'm in this space, and energetically, like I mm-hmm. instantly went from like poor Nikki's lonely to like, oh no, Nikki gets what she wants. My king is finding me. He's on his way. It's just mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. these things, whatever the story, like it doesn't matter. Yes. But like it shifted me instantly. And then imagine what I, I I am then vibrating at this level of like anything's possible, and I'm sexy, and, a, and a, I deserve a, a loving man, and I'm vibrating and and sending out that frequency that is way more attractive than like i'm alone Mm. poor Nikki, Mm. the victim (laughs) you know like that's not attractive at all (laughs) so how how are you being um how are you being and story but like how are you being a vibrational match to what you actually want right this is what you teach i know um and then it's it takes it that takes looking at what you actually want but we, know, we don't do this. What do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want your life to look like? And it's not just the big house on the hill. What do you want? How do you want to feel every day? Yeah. Inspired, loved, supported, like in a community of people that like worthy me and value my everything that I'm offering and I, I'm making an impact and you know, whatever drives you. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that motivate me. Um, but get really in tune with the feeling that you want to have, right? And then, and then, okay, what will get you there? And stay as focused as you can. As soon as you're having those thoughts that are like, "I can't," or "I, what was me?" You shift back to, "No, this is what I'm creating. And this is who I need to be to get there." And that's that's how I work with my clients, and that's what I do with. A, I actually use a clicker. I have a really powerful subconscious repro- reprogramming tool that's fun and easy, and and it supports the brain and staying focused on what you want to create love it and that's the trick really that's awesome
0: so much wisdom and we can probably go for hours i know know. (laughs) it's always timing is tight
1: 43 minutes
0: all good all good so you've mentioned all the different aspects and i just wanted to break it down because it sounds like there's the the physical aspect that'll give you the the brain juice i like to call it like the energy to then go look at You know, what are the things that you need to change? And you mentioned like the trigger point that, and that's a little bit more of the time I want to spend on for a a moment, but because once you start to look at those triggers to your point, you need the energy to want to go and look at what's underneath that. Right. And before we go there, then you mentioned the aspect of uh, removing toxins, which again, that one, as you were talking about it, like it's pretty straightforward, right? Like clean up your water, Replace your toothpaste, probably replace your your hair shampoo. Just little things that actually don't cost a lot of money. And your
1: air filter.
0: And air exactly. You're supposed
1: to do that every three months. Three months. Which is a long time to me. (laughs) Well, I I know that and I haven't changed it in six months. And I looked this morning, I was like, oh my God, that needs, I'm like going right to Home Depot after this.
0: Yeah. And it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty quick. So I I wanted to just consolidate or put those together because I think that those are probably the easier ones, which at least in what I hear you saying, it ends up contributing to putting you more into balance and then giving you the energy and the motivation and the willpower. Right. To then look at the deeper stuff, if you will, right? So going to the triggers. So then my, my next question to you, and and you can go wherever you want to take this, is, okay. So I'm, I am on the road, and I find that this MF is in my lane.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's pissing me off. <laughs> and Nikki said to track my triggers, What what do I then do with it?
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So it goes back to the mantra, this moment is my medicine. That's a powerful one to bring to mind every time, mm-hmm. right? And how can I use this? To, is to How is this in service? How is this supporting my soul's evolution? Um, so maybe it's an opportunity in that moment to practice patience. Mm. Maybe it's an opportunity to practice that this person in front of me could, if it was my brother or if it was my best friend, I'd let him in. With graciousness, yeah. please take your time. Go slow at the stop sign. I don't <laughs> mind. I love you, right? But just because I don't know that person intimately, and they're not going at the speed I want, huh? You know, interesting. Hmm. It's very interesting how we, we uh, it, it. Well, we're self-serving to some degree. We're all on some spectral spectrum of narcissist somewhere on there and uh, needed for survival. Right. Right. Um, but to some degree we have to put our needs first. Um, but then how far along on that spectrum are we? I'm mm. like, I'm going to honk my horn cause this person's not going fast <laughs> enough. Right. <laughs> like, it, is it, is it an opportunity for you to take a deep breath and feel into your body? And connect to what you're grateful for. Ooh, thank you, guy in front of me. You just gave me ten extra seconds to focus on gratitude. Hmm. Whoa, there's a shift in your day, right? Versus um, this guy's an asshole, and <laughs> I now have to wait. And this always happens to me. And right, there's a, a, this one thing that I, it was brilliant the way it was stated. It's um, so if you if you get to a red light the reality of the situation is it's a red light, right? But then everyone at that reality has a different perspective of that reality. Hmm. And so we're not actually experiencing the reality, we're experiencing our perception of the experience. So my perception is, damn it, I got every single light light on the way here, now I'm going to be late, now my boss is going to be mad at me. And like this whole story ensues (laughs) from the simple reality of it's a red light. Yep, yep. And so that's why traveling around the world is so important to me because it gives me a different perspective on how to live life so that I can't sit here and think my way is the only way Mm. and it's the right way. Go to India. (laughs) (laughs) Your way is not going to work in India, nor would you ever think their work, their way works anywhere. And yet it does. Yeah. And so traveling is a big one for me. I've explored 64 countries and, um, and, and it, it, it's life changing in terms of really figuring out and learning your own, uh, what you're personally capable of and also giving you this way broader scope of, um, what's possible.
0: Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah. The perception thing is big. So when you catch those triggers, it's, it's finding the moment or opportunity was what I hear you saying to reframe what might be quote unquote triggering you, right? So if something's sending you into frustration or impatience or anxiety, it's okay. I can choose to feel that way. Or how can I choose to reframe this? Yeah. And, and the example of the stoplight is a great one because it's just perception. <laughs> and I've heard of this example, which is similar to that where you can have any issue, anything. Uh, this is from the conscious leadership group. That's really great where you can, on one column, you write down, like, what a video camera would record, which can be, like, you at the stoplight. And then on the right side, you write down all the stories that you're making up about it. <laughs> exactly. And it starts to highlight how crazy and nuts the mind will go mm-hmm. based on what we believe or how we're perceiving things, yeah. right?
1: Well, it's the jobs, It's the brain's job to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So if you only have a limited amount of information, it's a red light, now you got to build like a fill in mm. the gaps of what it's going to create yep hence the stories hence the story yes yeah yes. and our our stories often are founded on what our parents stories were mm-hmm. because the brain loves to automate and it automates the most from 0 to 7 years old mm-hmm. when you don't get to filter what comes through and gets automated You don't have choice in the matter. You just kind of observe how your parents handle things. Mm -hmm. And then that's the process. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right? You get to a red light and your dad starts cursing. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: I think we've all been there. Beautiful. Well, there's a lot here. And I have this, this nudging and wanting to unpack so many parts. I love it. But the last question I'll ask you then I will two one, anything we didn't cover that maybe you wanted to share based on anything we talked about.
1: Yeah. For me, it's really important for people to know that if, if their body is in any way breaking down and it can be as seemingly disastrous as cancer to, um, literally just fatigue the whole spectrum, right? Um, and I say seemingly disastrous because cancer is reversible. It's, it's also an indication that you're off somehow. Mm. And I know that's hard for some people to hear, but I have witnessed myself people reverse cancer yeah. um, through juice cleansing, through healing the body and the mind and you know, so it's, yep. it is possible. Um, just to know that your body is, check, is, is talking to you um, and it's an opportunity. To really make a a shift for yourself and to show up more powerfully for yourself, which will then translate to you showing up more powerfully in the world, it starts with you, and your body's just really a guidepost it's a it's a massive support system. it wants to be on your team. your body wants to heal mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. love it, yeah. yeah, it's what it does yeah it's exactly what it what it does if we let it yeah all right, <laughs> Dr. Nikki. <laughs> so where can people find you and how can they find you and your podcast is a big piece right so yeah. let them know where they can find that and anywhere else that they can find your work and your information
1: yeah thank you uh so on um itunes or spotify uh most of the places that you like to watch or listen to your podcasts uh you'll find legends with dr nikki if you just put in dr nikki i pop up you'll see a turquoise cool. logo and um, you can reach me there. I'm not really on social media much anymore. I'm kind of focusing my energy here in Austin. Mm-hmm. If you are local, I do a really fun uh, monthly social called Baby Einstein's where I bring together my um, all of my favorite oh, people and we share ideas. It's super fun. And um, you can connect with me directly at drnickysiso at gmail.com beautiful amazing
0: well thank you so much so i learned a lot just being able to sit here with you in this extended period of time so i appreciate you being willing to be on here and share your wisdom so much cool stuff and yeah i think that folks can go on your podcast and you have so many great guests and i know that you share your own wisdom on there too so i encourage you to hop on there there's so much good stuff
1: thank you that means a lot to me thank you yeah it's a labor of love. I. i haven't made it a lucrative endeavor yet maybe it will be one day i do it because it's pure joy i get to extract golden nuggets of mm-hmm. wisdom out of people mm-hmm. as you know it's a pleasure
0: yeah it's a lot of fun Lots of fun, fun. <laughs> beautiful well thank you so much thank you appreciate man. you thank you